out there, quarantine land. This is Quarantine Stuff You Should Know. I am your host, AJ Hannenberg, and usually I'm a part of a three-person podcast called Classical Stuff You Should Know. You should probably know that. You just clicked on the title of the podcast. Uh, If this is your first time listening, please go back and check out our past episodes. It's got all sorts of interesting stuff in there. If you are simply here for the stories, then stick around, because I'm going to tell some. That's It's that easy. Uh, for quarantine, I decided to tell 100 stories over, I don't know, 110 days or so, depending on how many I have to skip, uh, all from the Decameron, which is set when 10 people decide to shelter from the Black Death and keep themselves busy over 10 days by telling one story apiece to make a clean 100. This is day one, story number five. And it comes right after Dionio's racy story from last episode. If you're interested in racy stories, there's one last episode. If not, this one is less so, which is good. Okay, so as I move through the story, I'm going to try to keep it as true to the text as I I possibly can and not add much of my own commentary. I might add a little bit after the fact, maybe, if I find something interesting. Uh, Otherwise, I'm just trying to stay true to what's what's originally written. So the next story comes from Fiametta. And before she began, all of the ladies scolded Dionio for his racy story. They said, hey, maybe keep it a little more PG. There are ladies here and those sorts of stories aren't probably appropriate in mixed company. They blushed a little bit and then they moved on. And Fiametta began. Whereas in men, it is a sign of great wisdom to court women whose social position is higher than theirs. Women show how very discerning they are by means of their ability to protect themselves from the love of men stationed above them. While we're telling stories that demonstrate the power of prompt and witty retorts, I could use my story to show how a noble woman defended herself by both word and deed from just that sort of love and dispelled it in her suitor. Now, the Marquess of Monferrato was a worthy man who, as a gonfalier of the church, had sailed off with his troops on a crusade. So he was away from home. And a while later, some people were talking in the court of Philippe Le Borgne, who was himself preparing also to leave France and join a crusade. And a knight, one of the knights in the court, remarked that there was no couple quite like the Marquess and his wife. For while he had a reputation of being fantastic and virtuous and wonderful, his wife was no less virtuous and incredibly beautiful. She was worthy of more respect than any woman of the world. Now, the king, Philip, had never, well, without ever having seen her, he developed a a deep love for her. And so he began loving her with a passion and made a plan to go see her and decided that he wouldn't set sail for the crusade from any port except Genoa, because traveling from where he was to Genoa Overland, he would have a chance to stay at the home of the Marquis and visit his wife. And with the Marquis gone, he thought that maybe he could satisfy some of his desires. So he sent on a party ahead composed of a few nobles, and they alerted the Marchioness that the king was going to visit. And she, being a noble and wonderful woman, sent back a cheerful cheerful reply saying that it would be an honor to have such a wonderful king at her abode. Now, She sent off the message and then began to wonder, why in the world is the king visiting me, especially with my husband gone? I don't think he needs to stop. And then she, being wise, figured out that it must have been her reputation for beauty. Nevertheless, she had sent a reply. 
she was going to handle the situation. She was a worthy woman, and so she prepared. And she ordered that she she was uh, sorry. She let her her folks know that she would be taking care of the the menu herself. And so she got a whole bunch of guys rounded up, and then made orders that all of the hens in this country surrounding should be killed and brought to the cooks, and that the cooks should try to make a series of dishes all based on the hen as the primary ingredient. And so, finally, when the king arrived, he was ceremoniously received. She sent him to wonderful, lavish quarters where he rested for a while. Nobody wants to go straight to dinner after a big, long journey. And finally, when he came down to dinner, he rested himself by the marchioness, and then she gave positions to all of his other nobles according to their rank down the tables, and then dinner came out. And he ate with relish. The dinner was fantastic. And, I mean, this is... He's a French king. He, the man knows cuisine. And so, every once in a while, he would also gaze at the marchioness, just look at her across the table, and this brought him no end to pleasure because she was so beautiful. But with each dish, he got more and more perplexed at why she had chosen a hen for the main, the main element of every course, right? He had sent on a head. She had plenty of time to have figured out a hunt to hunt down other game. He was just confused. Why in the world cook every dish with hens in it? And so he didn't want to call her out and embarrass her. So he kind of said, lady, are hens alone born in this country and never any cocks at all? No roosters? And she understood perfectly what he was asking and said, no, my lord. Although they differ from others somewhat in their rank and style of clothing, for all that, the females here are made the same way they are everywhere else. And the king, knowing quite what she was saying, got the message. He realized that his passion was wasted, that sweet talking wasn't going to do the job and force was entirely out of the question. And so knowing that this wasn't going to go anywhere, he extinguished his ill-conceived fire and didn't want to tease her. And so after dinner, to kind of cover the sketchy way that he showed up, he left with haste and she wished him Godspeed. And then he moved on to Genoa and off to the Crusades. And that's the end of the story. If you're wondering why a comment about hens all coming the same way here as they were everywhere else would alert the king to what was going on, I was also a little confused about that, listener. If you, you, You're probably not alone. Uh, there's a note in my text that says it's probably a comment on how she would be no different than any other woman, meaning she's going to be faithful to her husband. Um, there might also be some subtext about comparison with women and hens and men and roosters that I'm missing. If if you out there in listener land know, know what's going on in the subtext here, please tell me. I think it's just that she's saying, hey, I'm just like everybody else. I'm going to stick to my husband. Just because I'm noble and beautiful doesn't mean that you can take advantage of me because you're a king. And I think that's reasonable. All right. I hope you're staying safe out there. I hope you're staying happy. Remember to get outside and get some sun every now and again. Exercise, drink water, think happy thoughts. Don't don't let the dark get down on you, right? And that's my message for quarantine. Stay safe, everybody, and have fun. <laughs>